Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. Austin Matthews is the NHL's first 50-goal scorer this season. He became just the fourth Toronto player to hit the 50-goal plateau, scoring in the Maple Leafs' 7-3 win over the Winnipeg Jets. What does this mean? All-time? That can't be right. Really? There hasn't been more than four Leafs in 100 years scored more than 50 goals? No wonder they're terrible. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hello, everybody. Uh, Welcome. Happy Monday to the RP Show. You may have noticed I've changed things up here a little bit as we open a brand new week. Still in gorgeous and hot South Florida. Still talking sports, and we're still your favorite daytime sports entertainment talk show. As we welcome in from the NHL's Bermuda Triangle, the Moose, Darren DuPont, the owner and CEO of the Rod Peterson Show and DuPont Media. How you doing, Moose? I'm doing great. I got to say something, though, and uh, own up to it at the beginning. I, uh, I half did my homework, okay? I only half did my homework. I loaded my photos into the WhatsApp group, but I didn't hit send. Clark was just in my ear saying the morning photo album. So they're there now if you want to stall for a minute. Okay. And did the dog eat your homework too, Moose, or? Yeah, he, he took my phone. I couldn't, forgot to hit send. Okay, well, that's okay. My week is not going to be, we're going to, I will be undaunted by the fact that you didn't hit send on yours. And uh, that's okay. It's okay. Coming up today on the program, Edmonton Oilers, radio color commentator and the host of Oilers Now Radio on 630. Chad Bob Stoffer is going to join us as the, Oilers are in the middle of several days off in Southern California, the lucky dogs. And he's in hour one and in hour two, joining us to talk about probably a lot of football things. TSN CFL insider covers the NFL too, David Naylor. So we're very much looking forward to that. And uh, Clark has just pulled a rabbit out of the hat. And he says the photos are ready, our Monday morning photo album. So let's roll with it. It's our it's for Great Western Original 16 for today. Uh, this, these obviously were opening with my photos. A little Saturday afternoon spent in the Florida Keys. Loving it. Stopped in at Jimmy Johnson's. He wasn't there. So kept moving. And I'm going to tell you, if you're ever in the Florida Keys, stop by Robbie's and uh, tell them we sent you. They'll give you a good seat in the bathroom and send you out on the jet skis. This was just out for a little drive Saturday morning. I was killing some time. That's about a one point, nah, about 1.5 miles from where I'm sitting right now. So that was Saturday morning, and I think I sent one more. Uh, this, there, this, there's a little bit of a story behind this. This is uh, right in the back of Robbie's. There's a crocodile that likes to sit out and sun himself. He's a regular. Everybody knows him, but they say just beware of him. So you know what it's like, Moose. You can just imagine. You can look, but don't look, but don't touch. Because there's a crocodile that spends some time under the water, above the water. Just beware of them. So, yeah, anybody that's coming down to South Florida, you're going to want to check out Robbie's in the Keys, but just beware of the crocodile. Over to you, Moose, if you've got some photos that you sent in. What do you got here? 
kind of like the the penguins at the uh, Calgary Zoo. Look, but don't touch. Okay, um, this was the movie theater. Went to Landmark. Uh, this is this is what I did on the weekend. So uh, this one and the next one, uh, we saw the Lost City. It's with uh, Channing Tatum and um, Sandra Bullock. It was funny. It was great. And then I'll tell you something. Um, it was so good. Ran out of popcorn, and because we're uh, Landmark Extras members, you get a free refill on the popcorn. First time I actually come on. Think that's that still a thing. So that's still that's a still thing. a thing. Nice. Yeah. Right on. Okay, well, looks, looks like we both had tremendous weekends. Okay, can yes. you hit the quick six show horn, please, Director Jordan? Please and thank you. I'm just going to open with breaking news today. Breaking news. The Florida Panthers announced this morning that 2022 Stanley Cup playoff single-game tickets will go on sale to the general public on Friday, April the 8th at 10 a.m. Eastern. The schedule will be determined by the National Hockey League and announced at a later date. Tickets can be purchased at Ticketmaster.com or by visiting FloridaPanthers.com. Fans interested in receiving exclusive pre-sale access for single-game tickets can join the Florida Panthers email newsletter, 93 Society. That's what it's called, Moose. 93 Society subscribers are the first to receive exclusive ticket promotions, pre-sale access, upcoming FLA Live Arena event, and concert information. That's sort of like our fan club. 93 Society. Florida Panthers, if you want advanced information on everything. Okay, so there we go. You're welcome, Panthers. And they're all watching, because they told me. To to the real news of the weekend, we're going to go back to Friday night. And this is the, uh, here's the story for those that don't know on the Jay Beagle, Troy Terry, Trevor Zegras thing that they're still talking about on this Monday morning. And I, I did a quick Google search. Moose, this came up in the Globe and Mail this morning. I'm, I'm kind of eschewing or ignoring the Sunday NHL leftovers. Forget about the games, because this is what everybody's talking about. This is from columnist Cathell Kelly from the Toronto Globe and Mail. And the title, Old NHL versus New NHL. Disclaimer, I ain't that bright. I'm an old hockey guy. Okay, I, I, don't, I don't wear the fancy suits like the guys in Toronto. This isn't a Don Cherry imitation, but I don't wear the cute, artsy-fartsy glasses and the shined-up shoes. And that's not a shot at Kithel Kelly. I'm just saying a lot of times I'm reading his columns I can't follow because I'm not very smart. Right? But from his column this morning, the latest outrage, and what used to be a regular Tuesday night has turned to DEFCON 1, outrage. Jay Beagle versus Troy Terry. I'm not going to read the whole column, but here's the highlight. The outbreak of old-timey lesson learning at the end of Friday's Coyotes-Ducks game was an example of the code. The Ducks beat the metaphoric crap out of the Coyotes 5-0, so Beagle beat the literal crap out of a duck. The proximate excuse was a tame poke check by Trevor Zegras on the Coyotes goalie. Ah, stop! Have you ever been on the receiving end of one of those poke checks, those slashes across your hand, Cathal? If you've been in the heat of the battle, I'll let you away with it. If you haven't been out there, you should stop talking. But you're not. You kept writing. Beagle cross-checked Zegras to the ice. Zegras's teammate, Troy Terry, pushed Beagle. Beagle accepted his invitation. Terry had never been in an NHL fight, and it showed. His biggest mistake was remaining upright. Beagle took it to mean he should punch harder. By the end, Terry's face had been tenderized, and the hockey outrage at Tron was beginning to click and whir. 
All lopsided hockey fights create a panic these days, but to catch widespread attention, a few conditions must be met. The aggressor must be representative of the ancient and discredited values of extreme masculinity. Because we know it's not, it's frowned upon to be masculine anymore. <clears throat> so says the writer of this article. The victim must be a high-skilled player who stands on street corners waiting for old ladies to help across. The fight must be especially brutal and the results hard to look at. So that's from Cathal Kelly's uh, Globe and Mail column on the incident. I think it was published this morning. And uh, again, you, you start talking, Moose, because I talk long enough, and then we'll come back on. <laughs> Clearly, my thoughts on I've made that known. What are yours? It's interesting because, you know, it's, it's this new hockey versus the old hockey, and the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. And, you know, the, for the skilled players, you know, part of the commentary has been, you know, you got to expect this if you're going to embarrass people. Well, I don't really agree with that. I do agree, though, if you're going to, you know, play with skill. And um, it was always the case. And what, it, you know, you got to keep your head up because, you know, the physical players are going to try and take you out of the game. Big hits, things like that. That's always the case. You can't, you know, play with your head down. You can't do those different things. But at the same time, if the guy's not fighting back, I mean, there's no need to keep hitting him. I think that's where most people have the issue is I don't even think Troy Terry dropped the gloves, let alone tried to fight back. And at that point, it becomes a little bit too much. Cool. And I appreciate that. And here's the thing about this being the view for sports fans is all opinions are welcome. Joe Lazito is watching in New York. And he says, I imagine the Ducks are regretting trading Manson and Delorier right about now. Don, our Navy friend, says, ah, good old toxic popping its head up. From Sean McCormick in the Game Plus control room in Toronto, he says, good morning, RP team. Happy Monday. You, you realize I could spend two hours on this. We're nine minutes into the show already. We've talked about Panthers playoff tickets going on sale and Troy Terry, Trevor Zegras. Yes. So I guess my point on this, and Tyson Nash, if you go, it's not hard to find the clip, the color guy the former pugilist from the Kamloops Blazers and uh, Arizona Coyotes said, if you're going to skill it up, you're going to have to answer the bell. You've just addressed that. And I, and, I, and I didn't realize that Tyson Nash was getting tarred and feathered for his comments on the broadcast Friday night. As you see, I spent the weekend in the Florida Keys. I wasn't exactly surfing Twitter for this. So that's why kind of why we're spending as much time on it today. But here's the thing. You said some of the names of people that were going after Tyson Nash, and they're, they're friends of ours. They're hockey insiders. You lost 5 nothing. You're going for the lacrosse-style goal. You're embarrassing the Coyotes. You're embarrassing the goalie. It's not much different than, for instance, that shootout winner by Blake Wheeler the other night in Buffalo, where you slow right down, and you are embarrassing the goalie. It's a fact. And what I've realized once I pulled my head above water and left the Rough Rider play-by-play -play beat and had a look around at the world and realized, wait a minute, there's a lot of guys and gals covering sports. It's their beat. They have no, they have no clue about the game that they cover at all. And trust me, it's a fact. Dave Poulin and I talked about it. TSN's Dave Poulin, we talked about it. There's a lot of people covering the game, the NHL, that don't know anything about the NHL, and it's sad. So I guess the main thing is, like, the code. Is the code going away? We have to understand where we're going as an NHL here. What do we want? If we want the NHL to be Trevor Zegras lacrosse-style 
goals. And if we want a guy whacking at a goalie after the whistle with a stick with no fear of retribution, then that's fine. That's totally fine. We have to understand what we want. Because what the NHL has been and still is, I think, is if you're going to embarrass the opposition and take a lay poke at the goalie, you're going to have to answer the bell and you might get the shit kicked out of you. And incidentally, Trevor Zegras started the whole thing. Zegras started the whole thing. So he should shut his damn mouth. Troy Terry came in, pushed Beagle. What do you think's going to happen? So I guess, you know, in junior hockey, we've made the decision that the code's gone. The rough style of play's gone. That incidentally is fine. I still love it. I still go. That's very clear and evident. The NHL, last I heard, was a man's league. And if we want to get rid of that, then that's fine too. But let's make the decision this week. Okay, Gary? And Mr. Peros and Mr. Daly, let's make the decision this week. What, what are we as a league? You see what I'm getting at? Skills competition? Or we still got some balls here, and you're going to have to answer for acting like an ass? Because I don't think you can well, have I think the Yeah, I think the league kind of has said that, hey, this is... I don't want to know if the league said this is okay, but they're not exploring discipline for Jay Beagle on the situation, right? So the NHL's made their stance that, you know what, whatever happened on the ice, whatever penalties were issued on the ice, whatever took, happened in the game was good enough. They took care of it. We don't need to add supplemental discipline to this. There doesn't need to be hearing for this. So the NHL says they're okay with it, right? It was handled correctly. And I think that's, you know, part of it. You know, when you look at both sides of it, I think, you know, once the guy is clearly not fighting back, you don't need to keep hitting him. I think that's wrong. But at the same time, when the game's 5 nothing and you're pushing at the goaltender, understandably the team that's down 5 nothing is going to be a little frustrated and probably going to try and take it out on you physically. I don't think from that's a C. shot. Walker, from C. Walker in the chat, my issue, why are you poking for a loose puck in a 5 nothing game with under five minutes to go? It's what you just said. Uh, from Randy in the peg, he says, I watched some Toronto-San Diego lacrosse game on the weekend. Did I hear right? The game was in Hamilton? If so, how come? Because the Toronto Rock moved to Hamilton this offseason. Keep following the show. We're big NLL fans. We got you covered on that. I'm going to move on, but other than to say the poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center is... Should Jay Beagle receive discipline for beating up Troy Terry? And the last I saw on Twitter, the results were right down the middle 50-50. Dar- uh, <laughs> Clark, do you have a body of work, a uh, big enough sample size? What is it? <laughs> 73% say yes, 73% disagree with me because I say no. There should not be discipline, 73% feel the NHL should be a skills competition league now. Uh, Anyways, and by the way, Darren, you'll get a kick out of this. As you know, I talked to John Lynch this morning, the Don Cherry of football, John Lynch. He gave me a list of people that I should get on the show today. Um, uh, Sorry, he gave me a list some time ago, and he asked me if Rocky, the producer Rocky, our producer Rocky has reached out to the the people that we uh that he gave me the list of so rocky did you rocky clark how do you feel about the nickname rocky is that what do you think should we stick with that rocky clark do you have a nickname stop giving me rick regan's he 
you, not really you don't have a nickname or not really we shouldn't call you Rocky from now on. He's okay with Rocky! <laughs> Bingo! I like it. We have a new nickname for producer LFC. Clark. It's Rocky. Thanks to John Lynch. <laughs> did, Rocky, Lynch? did Rocky call those guys? Did Rocky call those guys? What? Do you think John Lynch watches enough that he, that he hears Moose and then his mind goes Rocky and Bullwinkle? And, you know, does he make There's that a connection? Very, very good chance of that. Because he told me that he watched the weekend show on Access. What a great show. You're having a great time down there. Oh, Florida looks beautiful. It looks just beautiful. It hasn't changed since the last time I was there. 1977. Anyways, I see that they're talking about uh, Kyle Lowry. Let me just move into one more point, then we'll break. Kyle Lowry said it was special to be back in Toronto. Fans at Scotiabank Arena gave the former Raptor a long-standing ovation. It was Lowry's first game back in Toronto after playing there for nine seasons. The 36-year-old guard had 16 points and 10 assists to lead his new team, the Miami Heat, to a 114-109 victory. Proof that I watched at least part of the game, I was like, wow, the Raptors are schooling these guys. The Heat must suck. Then they flashed the graphic up. I was watching it on Bally Sports Florida, the Heat of the number one team in the Eastern Conference. And then I got a notification, bing, 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 that the Golden Knights were scoring in Vancouver. I'm like, ooh, Canada's team's playing. Bye-bye, NBA. Uh, went over and watched the Golden Nuts play Vancouver. But just a couple more basketball points. The Carlton Ravens defeated their U Sports men's, sorry, they defended their U Sports men's basketball crown with a victory in the championship game. Aiden Warnholtz flirted with a triple-double to lead the Ravens past the Saskatchewan Huskies 85-72 in the men's Canadian National Championship. The Ryerson Rams kept off an undefeated season on the women's side in the U Sports Women's Basketball Championship. To claim their first national title, Rachel Farwell scored 17, and the Rams defeated the Winnipeg Westman 70-48. So hockey, NBA, more hockey in the opening segment when we come back. NFL, Randy Ambrosi, CFL, LPGA, NASCAR, Saskatchewan Rush, NLL, lots of stick around, Moose. We'll be right back, and we'll tell you who our contest winner was over the weekend, too, for Bet Regal. We'll be right back. You are watching the RP Show on the Game Plus Television Network, YouTube live streaming, and if you've missed any portion of the show, you can always catch the podcast at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. RP Show continues on this Monday, episode number 730 of your favorite daytime sports and entertainment talk show. On the way, Bob Stoffer, Edmonton Oilers radio color guy, and Dave Naylor from TSN. Just checking in the chat. I like this from John Ohm in Winnipeg. Um, quoting Rocky Balboa, nobody owes nobody nothing. And I don't know why these, I, I missed the points, why they're bringing up these comments, but I, but I agree with them. BW and Edmonton writes in all caps, right on, Rod. Yeah, of my 98 takes that I threw out in the opening segment, I'm saying, I'm sure he's saying right on to all of them. Anyways, uh, one more from Ted in Red Deer. 
regarding my take on the Anaheim-Arizona situation from Friday night. Ted in Red Deer says, maybe if the Ducks want to score goals lacrosse style, they should learn how to defend themselves lacrosse style. I-M-O, I-E, in my opinion. Okay, Moose, moving on. From the National Football League, the agent for Miami Dolphins cornerback Xavier Howard said Saturday that the Pro Bowlers' record-setting extension with the team was the culmination of more than a year's worth of talks on the topic. Howard and the Dolphins agreed on a five-year restructuring that, uh, restructuring that includes nearly $51 million in new money. He didn't have any interceptions, Xavier Howard, in his first 18 games, but he led the NFL with 27 back in 2020. And the New Orleans Saints are bringing back free agent defensive back P.J. Williams on a one-year deal. He'll be 29 next season. Uh, it's a backfield that recently lost veteran Malcolm Jenkins to retirement. Saints, don't forget, have a first-year head coach in Dennis Allen as Sean Payton has moved away. As I was telling you this morning, was at a restaurant down the road here, down Federal Highway, Tucker Dukes on the weekend wearing a Miami Dolphins hat. And the server's like, what do you think about the Dolphins and free agency? And I'm like, honestly, brah, I'm more of a Cowboys fan. I just like the hat. The look of disgust in his eyes. <laughs> you get it. Like, you better. Make you wear Titans home, gear. Man. Yeah, well, you pretty much wear Titans gear exclusively, right, Moose? You don't wear other teams' gear. That's right. I mean, I got a little bit of gear here and there. I mean, I wore that New York Jets thing the other day. I got a couple little things, but 95% of it's Titans gear, yeah. Well, the thing about here, it's like Canada, but just with football. If you're going to wear a team's gear, you better be prepared to talk about that team. For instance, you know what it's like in the stage bar at the Grey Eagle. If I happen to be wearing Flames gear, somebody's going to start talking about the Flames. If I start, happen to be wearing Golden Knights gear, somebody's going to be start talking about the Golden Knights. And God knows half the time they talk about the Oilers. Which, yeah. coming up next segment, we'll be talking Oilers with Bob Stoffer. They have closed within one point of the LA Kings for second place in the Pacific Division. Like, are they going to be for real, Moose? Like, I, I know we talk about it. It feels like every day. Are you buying stock in the Oilers? Because I'm still not buying stock in the Edmonton Oilers. Are you? You know what? It's hard because with without goaltending, it's so unpredictable. But they're so good offensively that they can outscore their problems some nights. We just don't know if that can translate into the playoffs because it so often doesn't translate to the playoffs. Scoring dries up in the playoffs. So, but they scare me. You wouldn't want to play them, is what you're saying? Yeah, I wouldn't want to play them. Okay, well, speaking of you wouldn't want to bet on them. That's, I know you well enough. That's what you're saying. You wouldn't want to bet on them. And speaking yes. of, Glenn Brunet in Medicine Hat, you are the winner. Where's my bell? Ring the bell, you pansy. You are the winner of the BetRegal.ca featured game of the weekend contest, Glenn in Medicine Hat, where we are very big. He picked the Toronto Maple Leafs to beat the Philadelphia Flyers on the weekend. Really went on a limb there. Congratulations, Glenn in Medicine Hat. You've won a prize package from our exclusive betting partner, Bet Regal. And uh, folks, if you are too cheap to lay down some money on your bets, you can go to betregal.ca, sign up for the play-free sportsbook, and bet for fun. Or go to betregal.ca, open an account, 
There's some welcome dollars in there. Use the hashtag RP22. They'll match the $22, and away you go. Bob's your uncle. Moving on, unless I've missed something, the only CFL item of note is that Randy Ambrosi, the CFL commissioner, canceled his Montreal stop on Randy's road trip due to testing positive for COVID. Ambrosi annually crisscrosses the country, visiting with fans in each market in the springtime ahead of training camps. There's some irony in there somewhere. I don't know what it is. I feel bad for Randy, but he's joined the COVID club. Moose, I'm going to spill it. You've joined the COVID club. I won't say when or how. I've joined the COVID club. Everybody's been in the COVID club. It's the big deal. That's right. Yeah, we're all going to go through it, it feels like, at this point. Uh, Randy's in it now, so I feel for you, Randy. I do. Hope you're getting some rest. That's not fun. But, yeesh found myself in a conversation yesterday this exact thing david from california who might be watching right now although i think he's on a plane home but he was for lunch with us and he's like well i had covid it was you you had the flu and i'm like well that's what it that's what it felt like by the time i had it but i don't want to get into the let's not let's move on canada's brooke henderson had a rough start and couldn't recover in the final round at the Chevron Championship. The golfer from Smith Falls, Ontario, had four bogeys after the first eight holes. She finished the round at even par and was six under at the tournament. As Les Nesman would say in WKRP, hopefully next weekend she's up to par, no longer under par. American Jennifer Kupko shot 14 under for the win. Vroom, vroom. Denny Hamlin ran down William Byron with five laps to go Sunday and ended the slowest start to a season in his career with a victory in the Toyota Owners 400 at Richmond Raceway in NASCAR action. In a race that featured four sets of green flag pit stops and a whole lot of tire strategy, Hamlin closed a huge gap between Byron and teammate Martin Truex Jr., passing Truex on the outside and Byron shortly thereafter. He then held off a challenge from Kevin Harvick a three-time winner at Richmond. Pet peeve for a second before I pick your brain, Moose, on this NLL thing. Yep. Going into the weekend, we had a wonderful email from the NLL admin office out of Philadelphia outlining the ramifications of all the games and the playoff factors going in. We came out of the weekend with no email from the NLL offices to what happened. I get, yeah, get off your ass and go look it up yourself. But we have all these other leagues sending us their information a recap would be nice but the thing that grabbed my attention was out of saskatchewan where saskatchewan rush general manager Derek keenan fired head coach jeff mccomb over the weekend due to the club's four and ten record and replaced him with himself the rush host the vancouver warriors on saturday you are the color commentator for Saskatchewan Rush Games on tsn.ca and ESPN+. Plus. That guy, Darren Moose DuPont. So what do you know about Derek Keenan firing the coach and replacing uh, him with himself? Derek Keenan, the cousin of Mike Keenan. Yeah, they just had a little bit of trouble, you know, getting going at times during the season, and it just seemed like, I don't know if the response wasn't there. The talent clearly is. You know, this team has won championships. The core is still together. They're still very good. And we saw it at spurts. We just didn't see it consistently enough. And so, you know, at times over the last, you know, half a dozen weeks, Derek has jumped behind the bench himself just to kind of see what's going on, get a pulse of the players. He hasn't been the head coach. He's been the assistant. 
but he's jumped down there just for a little extra support and to try and get the guys going. And I think it's worked at times, but I think at the end of the day, there was just a little trouble in the transition from, you know, Jeff McComb, the assistant to Jeff McComb, the head coach. And that happens all the time. You know, the players don't respond the same way or you just have trouble, you know, pushing the right buttons. And so with the team struggling and, you know, clinging to, you know, the final hope for the playoffs, uh, Derek thought the best uh, course action was to put himself there. And, uh, you know, we'll see where the rush go from here. But it was tough for Jeff because he had done such a great job as an assistant coach. It just didn't it just didn't translate to being the head coach. Seen it happen a million times in a million different sports. Um, but as you said in the phone call, was it yesterday or today? If you want something done right, do it yourself. Clearly, this is the way Derek Keenan looked at it. I related it to Daryl Sutter. Nobody could ever coach as well as Daryl Sutter. So Daryl's back on the bench. That's not selfish. That's just they have the magic touch, right? And that's kind of the thing for Derek Keenan. So I don't know who's going to coach that team next year. doesn't matter. But I did see... Oh, man, squirrel here. I just shouldn't have looked in the chat because all these questions are coming in. But I did see Mike Stackhouse, who writes a, writes a wonderful column at rodpeterson.com, say that the playoffs are out of the question for the Saskatchewan Rush. Well, clearly they aren't because if they were eliminated, you might as well just keep Jeff McComb. Keenan made this move in an effort to save this season, correct, and make the playoffs, or else why would you fire the coach? I think so. I mean, I got to look a little bit deeper because the odds are so small of them getting into the playoffs. I think they have to win every single game and get some help um, down the stretch here. But you're right. And, and maybe it's also to start setting that tone to finish this year and lead into next year with a little bit of continuity. Um, there could be a little bit of that there, too. So, um, you know, Derek wants to have his fingers on the, on the pulse. And, and why not? He's the GM, too. Most I'll see you back here an hour or two. Uh, what do you say? Sounds good. See you then. Yeah, I'm not going to a break just yet, folks. Um, just jumping in the chat here. We got it going. When I said welcome to the COVID club. Everybody's been in the C club. I have. DuPont has. Randy Ambrosi now. Uh, Phyllis watching on YouTube says, I haven't been there. No COVID for me or my family. Well, aren't you? A lucky son of a gun. From Pinks, Todd Pinkney, one of our P1s, says even the white-tailed deer in Saskatchewan have tested positive for COVID. Jennifer at the Four Seasons, I'm not part of the COVID club. She says proudly. From Wayne in Victoria, BC, says I have no idea if I've had COVID since I haven't been tested. Uh, from Jeff the Stampeders fan, COVID is scared of me. Won't come close. Again, aren't you a lucky son of a gun? But I will say this before we do break. I was talking to my business manager today, Joe747Gunnis, and he was all excited because he was at a sports banquet on Saturday night in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, and it featured Rod Black, Mike Vanderjack, Shane Corson, and Dwayne Ward. All big. Sports names, Rod Black, Mike Vanderjack, Shane Corson, and Dwayne Ward in Musha. 550 people packed the Heritage Inn. And Joe was like, we're rocking, baby. We're back. We are back. Sports banquets wide open. Let's get people together. Let's raise some money. And Saturday night, we'll be doing it in Assiniboia, Saskatchewan, with myself, Lanny McDonald, Chris Walby. Just can't wait. 
We're going to be chatting some Oilers hockey with Bob Stoffer next. You are watching the RP Show across all 10 provinces in Canada and 31 U.S. states, including Florida, on Game Plus Television. Also live streaming on YouTube and 24-hour sports radio streaming at rodpeterson.com. Listen live. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. The RP Show continues and promotional consideration brought to you in part by Tough Tribe for Men. It was designed to meet the unique demands of clean professional grooming. The warm scent of a gentleman shampoo teams up with an invigorating cool peppermint conditioner. Available today at toughtribeformen.com. That's the number four. Amazon Canada and coming to a salon near you. Well, the Edmonton Oilers are on a roll and they wallop the Ducks in Anaheim 6-1. The Troy Terry-less Anaheim Ducks last night. And they don't play till Thursday now at the LA Kings. Bob Stoffer has been calling Oilers games for years on 630 Chad. He joins us today from SoCal. I believe you're traveling with a club, are you not, Bobby? I'm in San Jose. Uh, we flew last night after the game from, uh, it's a weird trip because normally you'd play Anaheim and LA back to back, but we got a game in San Jose here tomorrow. So we're going to go Anaheim, San Jose, and then, uh, back into Los Angeles Thursday. Um, and yeah, right. uh, Rod, I've flown with the team all season long with the exception, uh, we went to Florida. I went to Florida. It's amazing what you get in Florida. And, uh, as you know, uh, I, there was if you were not uh, if you did not test positive you had to test on a fairly regular basis at one point you had to test every day they changed that after the all-star break but then if you had not tested positive you had to test uh coming in and out of the country so i ended up testing positive in chicago at the end of uh at the end of february early march and spent five days uh quarantining in chicago then went down to bakersfield so uh, we have i've only for, you know, this is year 14 and I missed five games uh, for the first time in my career as a result of being in COVID jail. And that's a whole other conversation for another time. But yes, I'm with the team. Um, it was interesting last night, even with some of the players, there was a um, several of the guys, and, and they know my affinity for the Alberta Golden Bears hockey program. Several of the players spoke to me about the, the national championship game. Alberta had uh, had a pretty dominant run in the second half of the season and uh, had won 7 nothing and 7-3 in their opening two games. The Saskatchewan Huskies might have had the second-best team in the country, and they didn't even make it into the Canada's Final Four due to some injuries and, and goaltending issues. But uh, Alberta ran into a goaltender named Alexis Gravel, who uh, works with uh, the likes of Derek Broussard. And, uh, uh, you know, he's a, a goaltender that takes shots in the summer. They can't believe he's playing college hockey. And he made 66 saves yesterday, and Alberta lost 5-4 in double overtime. So, a bit of an upset at the national championship level. Uh, but, yeah, the Oilers, 6-1 there... victory against Anaheim yesterday. They are going pretty good. Rod, they're a different team than they were maybe two months ago. And certainly, Jay Woodcroft and Dave Manson have been part of that. And so, too, is Evander Kane and, you know, Broussard and Kulak and some of the additions they've made. How much talk was there about in the press box about Troy Terry not playing for Anaheim and the incident that went down? Friday night, and what was your take on uh, the fact that there's no discipline for Jay Beagle for beating him up? Uh, well, I'm a little old school, but I wasn't comfortable with what happened on the ice in that sequence. Like, if you're going to fight a guy, fight a guy who's going to fight you back. You know what I mean? Um, 
there was discussion about it. Uh, you know, Anaheim moved out. It wasn't just that they traded Nick Deloria. They traded uh, Josh Manson as well. Uh, Hampus Lindholm. I mean, it, Pat Verbeek came in and did what a general manager would do, and that's it was interesting. So Bob Murray was in the building last night too. But Pat Verbeek did what a GM would do in that situation, and he went and got assets, real assets. He got a, a first and two seconds for Lindholm, plus a former first-round pick in Vikinanen. Um, you know, he got a uh, second-round pick in, for Raquel. He got a third-round pick for Delorier. But they didn't have Delorier, and they didn't have Josh Manson, and Arizona took some liberties. And, you know, some people would say, well, maybe Trevor Zegers shouldn't have been jabbing at the goaltender in a 5 nothing game of two minutes left. That's eh, somewhat fair. Um, but I also don't think, like, Jay Beagle's been on the other end of it. Don't forget, you know this, Rod. Aaron Asham knocked him out, you know what, a number of years ago. So I kind of thought that was a tad excessive. Um, and as a guy who's gone through the Oilers' rebuild, when you're a broadcaster for a bad team, it doesn't get you any, like, you know, a team that's struggling in that position. I, I believe that it just doesn't make sense to belittle an opponent ever. Like, you know, the Oilers had some <laughs> tough miles, tougher miles than they should have had, frankly. The 2009-10 season, the end of last season was bad. And, 10-11, uh, you know, that was the first year of Taylor Hall. Uh, you know, they ended up having number one picks, as it turned out, four out of uh, six years. I don't think the plan in 2015 was to have a number one pick, but it sure worked out for them. But I just don't see where it makes sense to belittle opposition teams and opposition players. So, you know, I some people might say at times I'm hard on officiating, but that's because I want to see skilled players dominate in the game. So I, I guess you know where I stand on that issue. I was not comfortable... Uh, with what happened on the ice. And I grew up playing against guys like Todd Ewan and John Cordick. So those guys let you know where you stood. And I wasn't afraid to hit back once in a while against guys like that in Peewees and Bantams because I was the same size as them then. And, uh, but yeah, I thought that was for today's NHL, I thought that was like, excessive and unnecessary. Well, you're talking about Tyson Nash, and the thing is, I broadcast for bad teams too. It's easier to talk about the other team or bitch out the refs than talk about your own team. And Tyson, the Coyotes have been bad for so long, right? And that, trust me, I wrote the book on that. But you said something at the start on this. The orders are a different team than they were two months ago. Clearly they are, but tell me how, Bob, how, and how long can they continue that, this change? Well, well personnel-wise, they're better. Like, in fairness to Dave Tippett and Jim Playfair, those guys did a good job. The orders, you know, they missed the playoffs before those guys got here. Uh, when the pandemic shut down in 2019-20, they were second in the Pacific and 12th overall. Last year, the Canadian division, as you know, they finished second in the division uh, and 11th overall. And uh, But they went through a period where the team went to 11 and 2. They had COVID and injuries, and it just it, they just could never get a complete roster. Then Ken Holland went out and made the biggest in-season addition that there's been in the league. And he gave up zero assets to get it, and that's been Evander Kane. And Evander Kane's got 16 goals and 28 points in 31 games, and it's plus 16. Those numbers speak for themselves. So they get Evander Kane. They made you know they added Hyman in the offseason. They're playing RNH as a third line center. Their five on five, you know, forward play has been the best. <laughs> it's been the best since the 87, 88 orders. I mean that. Like I don't think the 80, 89, 90 orders won the cup, but I don't recall them having in the regular season, the sort of depth that the Oilers forwards have. I mean, the, the kid line emerged that year in the 90 Cup run, but, you know, they were thrown together after Winnipeg was up 3-1 in that series. So the Oilers are deep at forward. 
Um, they can move the puck on the back end. They're going to finish with four 30-plus point scores on defense for the first time since 08-09. However, there are the huge question marks come playoff time are do they have a guy that can you know steal games in, in the pipes? And is their defense going to be physical enough to stop cycles as the game changes? But, Rod, there's a stat. The stat is five-on-five uh, goal share. That's a huge stat that share, illustrates how you can do come playoff time. The orders were 22nd in the league under Dave Tippett. And under Jay Woodcroft, they're sixth at like 56.5%. If you're in the top eight in goal share five-on-five five as a team, you can win. So I'd say they got, you know, I mean, I just want them to make the playoffs first and, and see how they match up. Again, their goaltending, you know, they don't have a top 10 goaltender in the world that can steal a game rod. So that's going to well, be no. a challenge. Let me just stop you for a sec. I'm digging the conversation. I don't very rarely do this, but I want to ask if you can stay for the break because the viewers are loving it too and they got some questions about the current team and they want to talk about Bakersfield. Can you stick around for a four-minute break and sure. do one more segment to the top oh, of the yeah. hour? Okay, thank you, Bobby. Bob sure. Stauffer, 630 Chad, Oilers color guy from San Jose. We'll be right back with more Oilers talk when we return. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus TV network available all across Alberta and BC on Telesoptic Cable, live streaming on YouTube and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. RP Show continues from South Florida. Panthers and Leafs Tuesday night at FLA Live Arena. Can't wait for that one. I'll be taking it in with some RP Show sponsors. Panthers announcing this morning playoff tickets, single game playoff tickets go on sale Friday morning. Go to Ticketmaster.com or FloridaPanthers.com. But we're talking Oilers and Bob Stoffer good enough to join us from San Jose. Oilers color guy. I said some viewers have questions, and they do, Bob. If you don't mind, I'm going to jump right into it. They want to know where you stand on the MVP conversation, the heart, between Leon and Connor. Do they split the vote and it goes to Matthews, or where are you on the Heart discussion. I think Connor McDavid, and I'm pretty sure within the hour he's going to be named uh, the first or second star of the week. I, Rod, I think Connor McDavid's going to. If if I had to choose between the two, I you know Connor's been on 14 game point scoring streak right now, something like that. Like he's just been on fire. Um, for me this year it's Connor. Like two years ago there was no doubt about it. It was Leon. A year ago there was no doubt about it. It was Connor. Uh, if it's picking an order, I'm picking Connor, but it's a very fair question because Drysaddle did something yesterday that only 23 other NHLers have ever done, and that's had two 50-goal, 100-plus point seasons. There's only three guys in the league currently that have had multiple 50-goal seasons, obviously Ovechkin and Stamkos being the other, and now Drysaddle's done it. Uh, and it's funny, Drysaddle's the only one of those guys that plays uh, 3v5. So he's the only guy in the league when, when a team's two-man down He's on the ice taking the face off. So he's a, but I just think Connor has, you know, yet again elevated his game down the stretch here. So for me, it's Connor. Austin Matthews has had a great year too. He benefits from playing with Marner. The Oilers have split McDavid and Drysaddle up, and that's benefited for the team. They want to know an update on Bakersfield. They saw that you said you were there. What's happening with the Condors? How they look? They've got a good program run running right there, and it is a program, and that's something that it's interesting you mentioned Florida because Bill Zito interviewed for Edmonton's job when he was assistant GM at Columbus. Um, 
And I'd say that Florida is doing some things analytically that are sort of, and I don't know where you stand on that, but they've hit the home run. They've crushed it on some of their moves. Mason Marchment was a guy they stole out of the Maple Leafs. He's basically been a point-per-game guy this year. Um, but Florida is in a tough division where they, you know, they don't have the better. Uh, Tampa Bay's got the best goaltender there in terms of Vasilevsky. Uh, that said, one of the areas of strength that Ken Holland's really sort of changed the complexion to make up the Oilers organization is the development process. He wants his players over percolating. Bakersfield has, it's a good program. You know what? There's no pressure. Like, there's no media at all there. It's about two hours and 20 minutes away from uh, uh, Los Angeles. Um, the emphasis under Jay Woodcroft and Keith Gretzky was for the Oilers' top prospects to uh, to play there. We're going to get an update. He's going to do my show today. Sam Rukov is a Russian defenseman that they signed to a one-year extension. He got hurt the other night. Might be a shoulder injury. It might not be good news there. Uh, Philip Roberg, who's got a higher ceiling, was eighth overall pick. One pick before Zegras in the 2019 draft. Uh, he's he's going to be on the Oilers to start next season, but he's out right now. And uh, I think he might be back within a couple weeks. So they've got a lot of left shot uh, they got a lot of defensemen down there. That's the primary of focus with their prospects. And then they got a guy named Dylan Holloway, who, as you know, was on Team Canada's World Junior Team. And he's their best forward prospect, and he's on a bit of a heater of late as well. But they've really focused on, you know, playing their top-end guys, which hasn't – sometimes what happens with minor league teams is if the coach has worked his way up from the U, the U Hall or the ECHL, the AHL, he tends to favor those guys at the expense sometimes of the higher prospects. So I think we're, you know, I think we're ahead of the right direction. Uh, and they got a great goaltender, Stuart Skinner, who will be on the orders like Broberg, Skinner, and Holloway are all going to be with them into next season. And uh, so they've got a much better structure in place than maybe they had back in, say, 13 to 16 in terms of developing their prospects. I think Skinner's the best goalie you got. One, can you answer this in 20 seconds? One viewer wants to know why the Oilers didn't draft Sebastian Costa from the Oil Kings. Was he available to them? No, they had the 19th pick traded down to 22, and Costa went at 15 to Detroit. Okay, good. You said good 20 stuff. Okay, well, 30 <laughs> Yeah, that was, that was very good. Well, you talk about what they're doing in Florida. Hey, they had to give up a lot. Owen Tippett, I watched him with Philly last night. He's a hell of a player. They had to give him up for Giroux. It's the way it goes. Bobby, thanks for this. Keep it rolling, man. Hope it's a long playoff run. All right, me too. Thanks for having me on, Rod. Take care. Our good friend Bob Stoffer, Oilers color guy. Naylor coming up next hour in the Moose. Stick around after this break. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.